Listener Production. Spread your jams and drizzle your syrups. Why is it so sticky? It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Oh, oh, here we are for a Tuesday show, and Matt, I've got some good news for you. Did you see this come out yesterday afternoon? Oh, mate, nothing is better than starting a show with good news. I know, because it's great to project yourself to the future. We have hope, we have joy, and in November, we could be having a big old party with you, because, Matt, we've just been announced on a pretty sick lineup. The Great Australian Podcast Festival is happening, and your boys made the cut. I know, it's happening on November the 6th and 7th. Uh, it's happening at the iconic Palais Theatre in Melbourne. Thank you, you very much. You would have performed stand-up there before. Tell us about the venue. Oh, you've performed stand-up there. I have watched Arctic Monkeys there. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of, uh, I mean, it, it is it is one of the finest. I'll tell you what, it's older than podcasts, okay? <laughs> it is. It was around since when people were podcasting just from their throats. <laughs> If you had told one of the construction workers putting together, like the the master craftsman making the beautiful roof of the Palais Theatre, that in the future, Matt Dalex would be on stage hosting a podcast, they would say, what the hell is that? I need some more flour and water for my damper. <laughs> but anyway, the, um, the good thing is it is on. The tickets go to sale on Thursday, so you've got a little bit of time to organise before you jump on and uh, try and beat the queues. Um, but, yeah, November 6th and 7th is when you want to block out your diary for that one. And, uh, Maddie, you and I jumping up on stage doing a podcast live. It'll be heaps of fun. Absolutely cannot wait. And I can't wait for this show, to be honest. Uh, we've got some great guests. We're going to be chat- We're going to be meeting our mate Rant Dog again. He's in the he's in the building, and uh, someone else who tells it like it is, but in a more musical way. It's Haley Mary. The iconic voice from the Jezebels doing music out on her own these days as well, Matt O'Kine. She just dropped an album, which is killer, and we uh, cannot wait to have a chat to Hayley Mary uh, later on in this show. But first up, there's been a couple of news stories that have caught our eyes over the last 24 hours, so we might jump into those. Hopefully we don't get in anyone's way. Let's do it. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, every year... One of the biggest bicycle races in the world comes around and every single year I go, I don't get it. <laughs> Mate, riding bikes has been around for ages. Yeah, I'd understand if it was, you know, the first person to get to the end wins, you know. <laughs> it is. But no, kind it's of. not. There's teams, there's people wearing jerseys. I'm like, are we playing, are you racing for countries or what? <laughs> like, are we? am I going for Australia or... Who am I supposed to be supporting? We support Cadell Evans, and that's the end of it. Okay? No, we are talking about the Tour de France, which uh, popped up yesterday. Uh, You might be up for the cycling, doing the overnight SBS thing, where you watch the tour all night long. Um, But (laughs) it's come into the mainstream today because, and I shouldn't be laughing at this, because the French officials are very angry, but there was a lady who you've probably seen was trying to get a bit of a selfie from a friend coming out, Got in front of the peloton, a rider hit her cardboard sign in her arm, 
got flung under the tyres of the rest oh. of the peloton. People oh. were going over handlebars. People were falling down. There was chains coming off. There was grazers on knees. And now there's an international hunt going on for the culprit because she bolted. On, on, a, what, on foot or on a bike? Did she, did she pick up someone's <laughs> dropped one and then go down? Well, I don't know if she did what I do with Red Dead Redemption. You take someone off a horse, you jump on their <laughs> horse and you ride off. But much like in the same thing, you could. There's bounty hunters out looking for it because the Tour de France wants to sue. Well, I'm always surprised that this doesn't happen more often because I do every now and then. I do sh- like turn on the TV when the mm. Tour de France is on, and they're like, "There's they're just so close. you know, there's some f- pheasant <laughs> farmer like you know walking around with a few." Geese in his arms just walking next to the track. There's, like, people riding by. It does go through a lot of villages and stuff. And particularly, like, on the hill stages, you see they're going up these really steep hills and there'll be some dude in a Spider-Man uniform (laughs) holding a Portuguese flag and just (laughs) running right next to them and getting in their face going, come on, come on. So it was bound to happen. I don't know what they expected when they allow these people so close, but this particular lady took one step too far, took it too far, and um, is now potentially up for a $24,000 fine or oh. a year in prison. A year they, s- stuck in the Bastille. They can't find her. No. Well, well you know, you, you know why. Around, they, probably, you? they probably wanted to put up signs, but they were too scared. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a repeat. Indeed. Um, well, well, okay, so... Have you ever have you ever caused caused like a massive bank up? Oh, I did have a bike crash one time where I was riding down a footpath down a hill, and a dude mm. came out of his front gate, and I was like, "Oh no!" And I tried to squeeze between him and the power pole that was there with on the oh. nature strip, and I like clipped his hand and went over and grazed my knee, and he like yelled at me to start with because his hand was bleeding. He's like, "What the hell?" This primary school kid came out of nowhere just absolutely um, clonks him but um, it was okay in the end but that was the but closest I got. No international manhunt for you. <laughs> no. No, luckily not. What about yourself, Matt? No, you d- never caused a pile-up? No, I haven't called a, caused a pile-up. I mean, I have done some pretty epic stacks. So that was back in my skateboarding days. Oh, yes. Um, at, at the Jindalee skate ramps. Um, but, you know, there was no like, there was no one waiting for me to get off the half pipe kind of thing. So... Yeah. Well, I can honestly see questions are being asked as to who is responsible for this. And I, I just implore the woman, who it was, to come forward, to front the media and say... Blame me. Blame me. Blame me. Blame me. Blame me. Hey. Who caused this pile-up <laughs> at the Tour de France? Blame me. Just say blame me. Sorry, that's just a meme that's going around that I thought that's, I'd put hey, into the show. Okay, hey, I've been really trying to work that meme. Hey, I have been flogging that meme like one of those farmers that lives right next to the Tour de France's horsies. No, that was um, a little grab from Boilermaker's latest track. You see, blame did you see Briggs, Briggs have a go at me the other on Twitter? <laughs> oh, man, I find... Briggs using you as his online punching bag. So funny. <laughs> he was like, please stop forcing this. It's awful. A little bit like this. Stop trying to make Blame me happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you send me that, please? Can you? Oh, I'm actually using that. I'm going to post that right now. As soon as we press off on this on the recording, I'm absolutely using that. 
Yeah, look, that is off my brand new EP. Thank you very much. Okay, so let us know, when have you been the subject of an international manhunt or where have you tried to force a meme? Get in touch with the program, matt.ad.alex. Blame me. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. No, I feel a buzz. Alex Dyson growing up, every afternoon after school, turn, turn on Channel 7, watching big baby face John Burgess on Wheel of Fortune, Adriana Xenides. They would always say when the wheel landed on them, the contestants would always say, I'll have an N for Nelly. Now, if that game was being played in 2021, <laughs> Alex Dyson, I think we all know that they'd be saying, I'll have an N for Rant Dog. Rant Dog. <laughs> uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, you're absolutely right, Matt, because uh, Rant Dog has become the most famous N in the biz. When things get a little bit hairy and a little bit whiskery in the studio, um, you give us a topic that's annoying you a little bit, and that brings out um, the shock jock in me. Basically, Rat Dog becomes Rant Dog. We go on a little bit of a rant about something wrong with the world, and by goodness, Matt, do we have one today. I know. I mean, you could follow suit like all these other hacks (laughs) out there, hey? All these other, you know, schlock jocks. Right, who are out here ranting about... You could say that again. Please, (laughs) I I didn't get it the first time. I really can't. Who are out here ranting about bloody quarantine, about vaccine. Lockdowns. About lockdown. All right, get a grip. There are real problems in this world that we need to address and we need to address them now and only one thing can do it properly. And they're standing right opposite me. That's it. Rant Dog is ready to go. And John uh, has gotten in touch. Sent us a voice memo with his problem. You can do the same. Please do. Uh, but John's problem is a real pain in his tooth. Hey, boys. It's John from Newey here. Got one for Rant Dog today, and it's regarding one of our supermarkets who insist on these Kalamata olives, which they say are pitted. I'll tell you what, I'm nibbling on a few before dinner. And I've found not one, not two, but three pits inside these olives and I've almost broken my teeth. They should at least have a warning on the label. If not, the contact details of an orthodontist or at least a good dentist. It's really getting my goat and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one. Randall. I'll tell you what, Matokine. i tell you what. Until, right? Dentistry becomes part of Medicare. Oh, okay. Whoa, you, this is a big hit already. What the olive pitters of Australia need to start doing is taking a long, hard look at themselves, harder than the pit that is sitting in between my molars as a result of their incompetence. I mean, if I was this bad at my job, Matt O'Kind, do you think I'd be sitting here on a podcast? No! <laughs> Okay, I'd be down at my local bingo hall rolling the cages and telling the old ladies that have got false teeth, probably from slamming them down on a few too many pits, that number 
69 did it for two is ready. Here comes the meat tray, okay? That's what I'd be doing. So why are these people allowed to continue with their absolute incompetence when it comes to pitting olives? And I tell you what is no excuse. The fact that having a pitted olives mean there is a no pit in the olive and unpitted means there's a pit in it, okay? I pity the fools. <laughs> I pity the fools. That's all I have to say on that topic. I reckon having a pit is is like a fruit's way... I mean, we've got the seedless watermelon! Why can't we just grow an olive without a pit? Having a pit is a is a fruit's way. It's like it's 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 a natural protection from getting eaten at the supermarkets. Okay? Because grapes... Oh, I'll pop a few of them. Don't you worry while I'm walking down the aisles. I can't taste test the cherries, though. Where the hell am I supposed to put that little thing? Get those pits out of my sight. And out of my taste. Anyway, um, we thank you, John from Newey, for uh, providing us with the um, the unleaded petrol that Ranton needs to f- to start this flaming combustion engine of an opinion. And uh, if you've got some similar high octane fuel, please message us through on Matt. And Alex. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Now, Alex Dyson, the last time I bumped into our next guest uh, in real life was um, uh, on a travelator in a shopping centre and they were making a very quick pit stop to grab something to eat before they jumped into a car and did a long drive all the way to Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) What? It can be no one else. Are we supposed to guess? <laughs> can be no one else. I don't know who you're talking about. The, the incredible Haley Mary. Hello, Haley. How are you going? Uh, good. How are you guys? Not nice too bad. To do, you. do you remember the incident in question? In Sydney. Yes, it was in Sydney. Why don't I remember it? Did that not happen? Well, it might have, but I, it just wasn't as memorable to me as it was to <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, now we're going to get away from Matt bumping into people <laughs> and on to one of the reasons we're all here, Hayley Mary, and that's your incredible new EP, which is called The Drip. Seven great tracks. I mean, you know your way around a chorus. I love that about these songs. Let's have a listen to a little bit of what you can hear on the latest EP. I would say the unmistakable sounds of Hayley Mary. Was it fun putting this together, Hayley, the latest EP? Yeah, very, very fun. I mean, well, it was in the midst of, like, the world collapsing. But apart from that, it was really fun. How did you find writing songs about the collapse? Because I think a difficult thing, even watching in all of the arts, people, you know, obviously inspire because it's such a, you know, cataclysmic event. But you, I guess you feel a bit of a responsibility to put your own take on it. Which which angle did you take and um, how did you manage to do it without, um, yeah, seeming it like it was too obvious? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you I felt like I was being a bit boring, but I had just had to do it. It was, it was a compulsion. And I guess mm. I took a personal angle which I guess makes it okay. 
<laughs> for sure. That's it's what not, it's all about. I'm going to tell the story of humanity because I am a great <laughs> artist <laughs> and I am prophetic. No, it's just me getting my tour cancelled and having a whinge. Really? Mm. So, <laughs> so tell us about the the drip, as in the name of the album. It's uh, the named after the lead single. What I, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't across what you might be meaning because what's the song that goes? Um, everybody rolling with my drip, drip, drip. Is that is that a song? That might be. No, that's your. Oh, click. that's my click. That's Drake. Oh, click. I keep thinking. I keep thinking that was my drip. Anyway, that's what I think <laughs> of when I think of the drip. Um, so I feel like what you're trying to allude to is a thing, like the drip, as in like it's my my get up, like my cool. Yeah, my isn't that what it is? Yeah, like mm. my drip. Which yeah, but is, what's what's your drip? It's not like that for me. I and I was told that that was a thing after I'd written and recorded this, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. I just thought everyone knew what it was, and I find it really funny that they don't, and I, it makes me question my own brain a bit. But like for me, being on the drip was like in hospital when you're on the drip. Yeah, right. Okay. In my mind, it was also like a few different metaphors, like a dripping tap, that like a leak, like something that's mm-hmm. just like trickling away slowly. And I, yeah, I don't, interesting. I don't know. I, I actually, to be honest with you, it's really lame. I actually had um, a, a drip on the outside of my window that was just like constantly. Yeah. Pest, <laughs> like, like, a, like the raven. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, ah, oh, drip, wow. Drip, drip. And I was like, ah. And it used to keep me awake when the rain was really loud. <laughs> and it's like, you know, when it's 3 a.m. and you're like, you know, all, the world goes all dark and everything's mm. sad. I don't know if you guys get this feeling or it's just me. Oh, no. But certainly when you're lying in bed that late at night and you can mm. all you can hear is like the little clock across the room and you're like, yeah. how loud is this goddamn clock? Yeah, yeah. And, and it drips, sounds like it drips in a gutter, <laughs> like come a big drip in a gutter drip. and just hits the bottom of the gutter and it's like, boom. And it's like right this menacing face. reminder of all that you've done wrong and you're not quite getting done <laughs> and like all you should have been by now and all your... Are you Can mocking say, me, drip? <laughs> I thought I thought in some of the in some of the press materials that, you know, you re- that we've received, um, I, I saw that, you know, it said that you'd had worked um, serving coffees for a while but in Edinburgh. But it's also the drip. Coffee. I thought it was dripping, you know, <laughs> coffee from the machine. A little bit. I think it's also a little bit about addiction too. Like, you know how addictions are like those little little micro-injections of something that's maybe not so harmful because it's just a little drop, but then eventually you're like, I'm completely dependent on this thing and I'm dragging it around and it can kill you and it, it's like just little drips of things mm. that you put in or or even in addictions to like information or whatever, just things that are kind of dripped in intravenously. Well, you sort of you certainly think you think that when it's going in, it's just a drip until you realize that drips the can fill full. up the yeah. whole and bucket. floods yeah. and suddenly like the window <laughs> collapses and you're like, I really should have been more responsible with that. <laughs> <laughs> Look. These days, you're supposed to have songs that are about stuff and it's clear sound bite. This is what the song's about. But it's just this song is not about one thing. It's about many things. It's a collection of strange metaphors. I should have picked an easier song as a single. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. We love that. I don't, I don't have any, though. They're all weird concepty things, like the chain. Uh, and so yeah, I, and sullen kink is one that I have yet to be able yeah. to, to decipher, uh, Haley Mary. 
what a sad twist. Oh, a sullen kink. Because I thought it was like someone's kink, but they weren't weren't too happy about it. Well, you know, kind like, of. That was shit, scared to share what they were into. Look, it happened from a spoonerism of Cullen skink, which is a seafood chowder, a Scottish soup. <laughs> That like wow. either either me or Johnny, my boyfriend, <laughs> accidentally mispronounced and then or pronounced, mispronounced, mis- mispronunciated. Yeah, a mispronounced mispronunciation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then that was an accident. So it was an accident. It was an accident, and there was like that's pretty sick, actually. Sullen kink, <laughs> like a sad. It, yeah, it's it definitely sounds intriguing. What what was I mean? You you know, there's a there's the you serving. S- selling coffees in Edinburgh and, um, you know, a Scottish seafood chowder. What I mean, tell us about that time in Scotland. There's yeah. rain who drips, was, a lot of, who lot was of rain Hayley in Scotland. Mary well, that, for that period? That was it as well, to be fair. It was a little bit of an observation about Scotland and, like, the constant drizzle being one of the opening <laughs> lines of... It's just a drip. Like, it's not a storm. It's not dramatic. It's mm. about, like, the mundane life that I was living, I think. But yeah. trying to find this kind of like swinging between romanticism and cynicism in my everyday mundane life, which I tend to do. And so I think mm-hmm. that's in there. But what was the question again, Matt? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, no, you ask, you ask, you, you mentioned a mundane life. Yeah. You I mean, we're talking about someone who was the the lead singer of uh, one of Australia's, you know, successful rock bands, a successful solo career. Did you choose the mundane life? Well, this you, was did you try before, to get away from it all? This was in between these two wonderful things that you describe as successful, which I like. I like to hear that. That sounds good. <laughs> That's how it looks from the outside. Wonderful. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, yeah, basically after the Jezebel sort of, I guess we're on a hiatus um, and there was a lot of years of lostness and I had to go back to kind of working in a hospitality job, but I wanted to get out of Australia because I felt like, all I was was Haley from the Jezebels hit. And mm. I knew I wanted to write some solo music, but um, I just didn't know what direction to go. And I felt like people had expectations based on the band. So it just kept it get, kept getting pushed places I didn't really want to go musically. And then just decided, loved Edinburgh. And Johnny loved it too, uh, independently of him. We were both like, let's just get out of Sydney and go somewhere else for a while. So I had, had to get a job because it's actually, you know, you need money. And then <laughs> I'd run out. I'd well and truly run out by this point. And and so I got a job in like a caf, which is what they call cafes. And I it just immediately I was in this mundane grind that I hadn't been in mm. for quite a while. And it was very potent compared to the the life of the touring in the band Romantic. Did you find it relaxing or did you find it boring? Both. I found it relaxing and boring. So, yeah, those Mm. are the, I guess there's there's always that balance. You know, you have the call to adventure, but then you also want to go home and be cosy and just live a routine life. Whenever you're in one, you kind of want the other. But uh, (laughs) being trapped in one, feeling like I couldn't Mm. really get out and I needed to, this maybe was going to be forever. Suddenly I had this burst of inspiration that I'd been looking for that wasn't there while I was fancy free. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, all these songs, a lot of these songs started then and on the first EP as well, but some of them are more recent. But The Drip was, yeah, a collection of like just lines that I kind of came up with while working in that cafe serving disgruntled Scottish tradies. And I'm quite bad at coffee making, so. <laughs> like they were, they were pretty grim. Like they were pretty off me. 
Do you know what I don't like about Edinburgh, though? Not enough sashimi. When I spent a month there for the festival, I'm trying to find, one, good Point. dumplings and good sashimi. Plenty of chowder, though. Plenty of chowder. <laughs> but then I remember telling someone, I was like, this sucks. There's no sashimi around here. And they're like, look around you. It is constantly wet and cold. Do you want to put cold fish to your lips every day? Sashimi, yeah, not not great, but I did find a couple of good dumpling places. Actually, oh yeah, the the best Chinese restaurant there showed itself to us on Christmas Day because it was the only thing open, and we realised we hadn't actually done any shopping, and it was literally like you know, you know how we're kind of heathens here, and we actually open on Christmas Day. They're not heathens mm. there. Nothing open. Right. <laughs> it's like actually Chinese. a public holiday. Yeah, and there's yeah. no one on the street and you're like, what's going on? <laughs> so but you just went remembered it was Christmas. Yeah. But we, I've, I discovered a really great Chinese restaurant there that's right near the Balmoral Hotel if you're ever looking again. If I'm back right. there, I'm, t- I'm going to find it, I promise. If you're in the area. Yeah. Um, Hayley Berry, thank you so much for joining us on today's Matt and Alex. It's such a pleasure to chat to you again and we're so excited about the new EP. Congratulations on The Drip. You can get it now wherever you get your music, so please put it on some of your playlists. Thank you for having me. A tweet I couldn't help but laugh at, Alex Dyson, coming from Patrick Brammel. You might know Patty from um, so many, too many Australian TV shows and indeed um, shows around the world. He's very funny. Very, very very good Australian actor. Um, Said, the Australian quarantine swab test is no effing joke. I've had dozens of swab tests in the US. Dodged COVID for 18 months in LA, a place that one third of test results were coming back positive. But Australian swabs are the worst. Calm down, Australia, you effing maniacs. <laughs> Is that because they of... go deep, Alex Dyson. Go deeper than most. We've talked about the eye-scratching um, abilities of the long swabs, and yeah. they must well, do the but... same thing in New Zealand. Well, people did update our nickname, Matt O'Kine, because we were the, the diving pool of radio because we like to get deep. With our, uh, with our people, but they've calling us the Australian COVID swabs of radio now because we like to go very deep with our guests. <laughs> Two swabs of radio. <laughs> Doesn't sound great. Um, but I tell you what, they must go pretty deep in New Zealand as well because did you see this article that came out yesterday? I didn't see it. You briefly mentioned something that happened and I said, all right, just tell me live on air because... I need to understand what is exactly going on here with a COVID test in okay. New Zealand. So uh, a woman called Mary McCarthy, okay, 45 years old, um, gets a to- COVID test, right? The test sort of dislodges something in her nose. Oh, no, big boogie. Gives her like severe pain and it's like makes her really uncomfortable for quite for quite a few days. Eventually she goes to the host, to the doctors. Uh, a CT scan reveals that she has something in her upper nose and uh, during an operation they push this object through her nose and then out of her mouth. Go the go the back way. <laughs> <laughs> Like a a dad getting to Christmas lunch. Yeah, yeah, the fire exit was utilised. And uh, the COVID test had dislodged a tiddlywink. Now, if you don't know what a tiddlywink is, a tiddlywink is this game in New Zealand they play with these small round discs. And this little disc had been stuck in this woman's nose for 37 years. Oh, my God. 
It's a little yellow disc. It's about the size of a Smarty. So as a child, she stuck this little plastic Smarty-sized thing up her nose. She, it okay, never so came this. out. She forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> she said when she was eight, her and her family were playing and they were doing some weird game where they would like, like, you know, you're stuffing around with everything and like I think her siblings were putting the tiddlywink in their nostril and then blowing it out. Got you. And she said that she just kind of inhaled it accidentally and then was too scared to tell her mum about it. <laughs> so didn't say anything. And then she just says... That she just kind of forgot about it just and didn't ass- give it too much thought. Just assumed that it had gone, <laughs> but it just stayed in her nose. Could she breathe with it in there? No, right? So she said that she's finally able to breathe again now from her right nostril. It had cal- there like had been calcification around the outside oh. of it. It must have properly fused to the like holes oh. of her nostrils. Right, uh, and now it's finally out. She says she can breathe again, and she's looking forward to an easier breathing and a straighter nose. <laughs> At forty-five years old, finally mine, gets the tiddly wink out. Oh my! It makes goodness. me. I mean, mine's definitely something's going on. One, like I said the other day, one goes mm. swish, and the other it's it's <laughs> clanging around the hallways like a you know like a bouncy ball. So I don't know what's going on in my schnoz, but I've never played. You know, I hope it's not. What's that game? Um, the the sheep stacking sheep's. What, what's it called? Have you, you, remember, you mean past the pigs? Past the pigs. <laughs> I've probably got a little pig up there. Well, be very careful. I'd I'd recommend going and checking it out. You don't want that. I think I've told this story on the podcast before. I remember when you won though, when um, Chris Morse said I saw he saw a magician put something in his ear and pull it out his nose. So we <laughs> try tried it with a pencil lead, put it in his ear. <laughs> Oh, Miss Good Hurts. <laughs> Sick bay, home, doctors right. can get this you pencil lead out of his head. Um, so um, I don't but know. He got it out that day rather than going too scared to tell the parents <laughs> and leaving it in for life. years later. Exactly. Well, I mean, have we done what have you gotten stuck? What have you had stuck? Have we done that? Um, no. What about what have you left too long? Yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. What have you Oh, put my off? God. Do you know what? This ties into something that I was thinking about the other day. Right. Right. I remember when I was year, oh, year, I was about eleven or twelve, and I dead set had the worst tinea for a year because I was too scared to tell mum. Yeah, and I remember like my Mate. feet were so itchy for like a full blown year. Dude. You know when you just like you know when you get caught up with this idea that like I thought I had like that she would be mad or that I had done something yeah. wrong, and so like. I just didn't so want to tell her. So instead you just popped your flakes off in the shower oh, for 12 months? bro. I got to the point where, like, my feet would be bleeding. My toes. No, dude. My toes. Squirmy no, no, warning. My, my feet, warning. My feet would peel so much and I would have to – I weaved – I weave tissue paper in between my toes to sort of soothe them, and I put oh, my socks on, oh. and, and I'd, I was I was weeing on my toes because Madonna had said that weeing on your toes helps. <laughs> I was weeing on my toes every night. I was putting like burning hot water on them just to try and seal. And I remember the day cauterize it like a medieval knight. Who'd I been thought stabbed. that I could burn the bacteria or something. I remember the day that I finally built up the courage, and I walked into Mum's bedroom and I was like. I think I've got tinea. And she was like, oh, okay. And then just went to the drawer and got some cream and just put it on. And it fixed it. And it fixed it in a week. 
Oh my God, I cannot tell you how ridiculous I felt. A year. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Um, <laughs> that's so, I can't believe I forgot about that. Anyways. Um, if you had something you left too long, get in touch with us. Matt.and.alex would love to hear from you. I still remember secretly having to unweave the, t- the tissue between my toes that I'd been putting in there every day, like out of mum's sight. stuck to the weeping wounds of your yeah, feet. Yeah, and I didn't want her to see it. I didn't want us to find out that I'd been doing it. Do you wear thongs <laughs> in the shower? <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, uh, look, my mum had her own shower in, in her place, so, I mean, I was the only one who used the shower in, okay. that, in that place. So, yeah, I was... It probably just waited for me to keep coming back. Anyways, just look. in the shower, weighing on your own <laughs> festy feet. Oh, goodness yeah, It's a habit me. I continue to this day. <laughs> now well, we're we going have... to get out of here. Um, thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you very much to Haley Mary for hanging out as well. Um, and we will catch you tomorrow, but I think we'll leave you with something that uh, will hopefully make Matt feel better about his uh, awful year there. That is two people had a very rough day. Here's a police report, which uh, caught our ears recently, of two gentlemen who went to the beach and ended up in a spot of bother. So we'll leave you that one and uh, catch you tomorrow on All Day Breakfast. Bye-bye. Unbelievably, we saw two men sunbaking naked on a beach on the south coast. They were startled by a deer, ran into the National Forest, National Park and got lost. Not only did they require assistance from NCS and police to rescue them, they also both received a ticket for $1,000. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.